You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. California, here we come, right back where we started from, California! was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. We should be there in three hours. GPS says ETA is three and a half. Well, that's because someone drives like an old woman. I'm going 70 in a 65 zone. 80 is the new 70. What? Who talks like that? Who gets passed by a van full of nuns? Oh, wait. Adam does. They have God on their side. I'm not going to be Jesus. Huh. I'm so dehydrated. What is up with the AC? My hair is frizzing out. I look like Howard Stern. My Jufo benefits from this climate. You're Jewish? Yes. That's why I feel so comfortable in this desert heat. This is a nightmare. I'm sweating to death, driving 10 miles an hour in like a rickshaw, listening to this music. Hey, do not insult Death Cab. It's like one guitar and a whole lot of complaining. Reminds me of someone else is doing a lot of complaining. You. <gasps> I'm driving this vehicle and I'll drive at the speed that I feel comfortable, okay? It's my music and it's my snacks. Kudos and goldfish? What are you, eight? Ryan, Marissa, say goodbye to John. W- what are you doing? Leaving you at the side of the road. Hey, give me that steering wheel. No, come, I, I come wanna, on. Hey, hey you stop. stop. Hey, 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 come on. What are you doing? play us in a highly successful fox teen drama i don't know many young teenagers no well okay but that's the thing <laughs> they're not really teens they're really full-grown oh. adults who are in their 30s okay. playing teens I, i'd obviously be charlie day <laughs> charlie day has to portray me <laughs> i i really want to see that i don't know who would play me though do you have any idea yeah that, that that's tough right hmm yeah, I like I I don't know. God, John, stop being so unique in your facial features. <laughs> yeah, they can't find somebody in Hollywood with as big of a nose as mine. Ayo, oh, I don't know. I've looked in the mirror a couple of times, and uh, uh, who has a bigger nose? Someone do a side profile. It, it is definitely me, sir. It is, is it? definitely me. Yes, huh. yes. Interesting. Yes, yes. Your nose is nicely proportioned to your face. Oh. Meanwhile, I am Toucan Sam over here. <laughs> Fire nose. Follow your nose. (laughs) Well, enough about me. We are here yet again for another episode of Grounds for Discussion. A weekly music podcast starring the two most beautiful gentlemen, I think, in the room. And caffeinated. And caffeinated. Hint, hint, we're the only gentlemen in this room. 
And he's Adam. I'm John. Hello. And we're going to be reviewing some new music. Latest albums from Death Cab for Cutie and Animal Collective. Mm. And I think we are in for a good discussion this time around. Great ride. Yes. Just like our car drive scene. <laughs> we 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 are really good actors. So good. Really, really good actors. Give us the movie deals now. Okay. All the movie deals for us. Uh, you know who else I could see playing you? Who? David Tell. Can't you see it? <laughs> Can't you? Can't you? Oh. No? Oh, no. Well, why is that a bad thing? I don't know. Is, He's he... funny. Is he? All right. He's got a successful podcast, too, right? Yeah. He, he was on that uh, late night show in Comedy Central. Oh, God. I remember that. He was also on Arrested Development. He played the fake Tobias like, yes. on that show that they were filming within the show. I remember that, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> your, your reaction, though. I'm still laughing about that. They'd have to give him a wig. <laughs> Actually, he probably doesn't need much uh, for it. But aww, aww, womp Look at us. We're just beating ourselves up here. I know. Let's, let's compliment each other. Yes, yes, yes. All right. You have a fantastic smile. Aww. Yes, it does. Your nose is, is not fantastic. as big as you think it is. Aww. Aww. <laughs> that is heartwarming. Friendship right here. John, ha all right. I'll give you a better one. You oh, have okay. classic good looks. Oh. Wow, that that is the nicest thing I've heard in a while. Cheers. Cheers to you, buddy. Mm. Yes, that's right. The coffee mm. is flowing through my veins. The Vice King Warrior returns. <laughs> and when, once we run out of that, I'm going to open the Panther coffee that I got in Miami. Yeah? Yeah, that's the next yeah. one. We still have Lineage, too. Oh, yeah, A little bit of the watermelon right one, yeah. Yeah, so much coffee. All the coffee. I might even be getting some more coffee for you soon. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, because your birthday is coming up when? November 26th. Wow, I was so off. <laughs> <laughs> you have a birthday coming up that's a lot closer than mine. Uh, yes, I do. I do. <laughs> but for some reason, I thought your birthday was next month. Mm -mm. I don't know who I'm confusing you with. Mm. I apologize. It's all good. Yes, I will be 32 next week. Wow. Wow. 32. 32. I can't, can't believe it. Time has just flown by. Sure has. Man, that means I'll be closer to... Death. 30 <laughs> just kidding no. <laughs> <laughs> well that took a morbid turn there <laughs> well we are listening it. we are reviewing death cap for cutie today so you know got to get the uh, listeners in the right mindset yeah. <laughs> when soul meets body because you're the only song I want to hear. A melody slowly swimming through my atmosphere. I forgot the words while I was going through it, so I'm glad you knew them. So there was at least one of us that could sing it properly. <laughs> ben Gibbard, we apologize if you're listening. Yeah, he, he if he is listening, he's probably like, no, he's I'm sure. never listening to these guys again. He, he was hooked until this episode. <laughs> he was like, they really had me with that OC opening, but once I started singing my work, it went downhill from there. <laughs> downhill from there. Wait, what was that? Oh. I, I, I just went. Oh, okay. I took some, like a thing off my desk and went. It's my glasses case. Oh, my eyes were playing tricks on me because I literally thought you just dropped your coffee mug on purpose. There. Oh, no, never. And I'm like, why are you splashing coffee so on your own carpet? This coffee mug I'm holding 
it's I don't know what size it is, like 16, 18 ounces probably. I guess there's like a famous company that makes these mugs, mm-hmm. but this is like the knockoff version. It kind of looks like Tim Burton wrote coffee on a mug and <laughs> slapped it on. And um, <laughs> someone who it's very like I don't know, it's it's that's unique. I like it a lot, but I wonder what Tim Burton coffee would taste like. I feel mm. like it would be the type of coffee where it starts off really good, but then gets kind of has like a messy aftertaste. You know, do you okay, so you remember in Monsters, Inc., when Mr. Waternose is going to get coffee and it kind of just sludges out like it looks like? Yes. Yep, that's what it is. Surprisingly, be. I actually remember that part from a movie I haven't seen since I was a little kid. Dude, you're going to... Your daughter, you get to see all these like Disney movies again at a certain point. That's true. I'm going to try and raise her on the classics. Yeah. I don't know if Flintstones will be in the uh, <laughs> in the cards, but <laughs> I mean, Pebbles. She can relate to Pebbles, right? She's a girl. She's a girl. Maybe. I think right. it's more. Uh, my wife would not want me to watch that hey, ever Kyle, again. Kyle McLaughlin's in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Coop. He's in it. I forgot about that. <sighs> forgot about good old Coop. Coop. Oh, man. So you went to a coffee place recently, didn't you? You checked out a new place. You checked out, what was it, Deeply? I think we talked about that already. We did? Yeah, we talked about Deeply. I can't keep track of coffee places that we I go know. to. I know. I went to. I, go, I tried <laughs> to go to a lot of coffee places. Yeah, we. I went to um, Deeply Coffee a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went for the grand opening. Oh, that's right. I yeah, apologize. we went to Glass Knife last week. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to Glass Knife and I got we got sandwiches and coffee. I got pour over. And for those who don't know, the Glass Knife is a little place in Winter Park, right? Correct. Just right outside Orlando. Although everybody kind of considers that area still part of Orlando anyway. And it looks like a place that would come out of Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think our friend Chad best put it that way. Yeah, it's a very uh, bougie looking yeah. store inside in a good way yes bougie very in the best way bougie possible. sophisticated kind of atmosphere really good desserts Ma- their macaroons are on point yeah mm. they they were really really delicious yeah, yeah i got this i got a really good blt mm. and then carrie got this did, like did you get it with mayo because you know nope. millennials are killing the mayo industry I, well i'm gonna contribute to that one because i got no mayo on it <gasps> <gasps> mayo is just like a waste I, I like mayo on certain things. I can't. It's just like gross. It looks gross. What is it with people like hating on mayo because of that? It's not good for you. It's not. It doesn't do anything for me. Like if you like I, eggs, that's I, what mayo is. Mayo is eggs. It's eggs and what was it butter? I, I think so. I don't know. It no, it's olive oil. Olive oil? Yeah. Like oil. I don't know, I'd rather eggs. eat eggs scrambled or hard boiled or not in mayo form. I don't know. It just doesn't do anything. I feel like if you're. If you put mayonnaise, to me, if you put mayonnaise on something, you're trying to mask something else that's gross about it. It's like, oh, we'll just put some mayo on it and I'll bring out the flavor. I mean, now, I will agree that there's some mayo out there that just tastes like nothing and adds nothing to a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Definitely have to have that right mayonnaise. And for me, I just think it's so funny that there's another thing that millennials are supposedly killing Hooters and mayonnaise. Yes, Hooters and mayonnaise. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you know one thing that millennials are not killing? What? It's music. Uh, <laughs> uh, but maybe we should workshop that one a bit. 
Because <laughs> I would say the current streaming models that millennials probably mostly have are killing music at some point. You see, you say that, but people like, uh, what was it, Travis Scott and Nicki Minaj, they're, they're doing pretty good. Hey, good for them. Is that right, Travis Scott? I think uh, something happened with Nicki Minaj where like she didn't get number one. She made a big deal about it or something. Yes. Right? Yes. That happened this yes, week. Yes, because she pretty much has claimed, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later in the show, mm. she pretty much claimed that they kind of as a way to get back at her because she put out her music ahead of time on iTunes early as a way to get back at her. They didn't promote her as much as, say, someone like Drake. And, you know, you know, the whole thing with Drake, his face was everywhere on Spotify. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So she's saying because iTunes didn't promote me, I didn't get number one. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. And we'll talk more about about that later on. You're jumping ahead. I'm sorry. Jumping ahead. (laughs) Oh, boy. Ahead of the program here. So let's get on down. I think you and I have talked about things that millennials are ruining. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have known that on grounds for discussion, we would have had a discussion about mayonnaise. That's that's why I love our show, buddy. That's why I love our show. As long as they don't put the mayo in coffee, I'll be happy. I don't know if I love our next album that we're going to talk about. And I think you and I Hmm. might disagree a little bit or Uh, maybe a lot. I don't know. Should we uh, jump into it a little yeah, bit? Or? We're, we're, we're going to see here. All right. So our first album that we're going to be covering is Death Cab for Cutie. Thank you for today. And thank you, John, for that lovely intro. Ha, ha, ha. Um, Death Cab for Cutie is a American band founded in 1997 from Washington. Um, for those of you who don't know, I feel like big pioneers of the emo indie alternative kind of rock with their sad very thoughtful lyrics melancholy guitars and kind of you know upbeat but you know you listen and there's a lot of sadness in there they've been an indie staple for a long time and i believe this is their ninth album this is their one two three four five six seven eight nine yep ninth album and I'm going to be honest, right before we get into our thoughts here, I haven't really listened to an album of theirs since Narrow Stairs. Uh, I listened to one of the songs on Codes and Keys. Mm, One song. One song. That's... (laughs) You are a tourist. It goes... That's a good song. Okay. Yeah. So, are you... Like, are you one of those kind of fans like me where when plans came around, it was kind of like, okay, this band is getting big. They're getting bigger record label deals and they're getting more produced mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I, I guess this is always the key question for any longtime Death Cap for Cutie fan. What is your reaction to the band from that album on? Hmm. I mean, you know, like we were kind of talking about these these guys are indie staples, you know, their first three albums were really good and, you know, different for what was out there at the time. And plans did kind of conform to the popularity of what was going on around then and, you know, just the sounds that they were going for, but more produced, not as, you know, indie as it was. I think I enjoyed plan- plans. Some of it's a little cheesy. 
in yes. some I think that <laughs> I think that's so. really like kind of and not they didn't sell out I don't think by any means necessary but they got a little more safe I feel like mm-hmm. like I feel like I will follow you into the dark although it's a good song it's very like come on I know what you're talking about it's yeah. very it's not it's very pushy in that way maybe that's what the album was to me maybe it's very just pushy where the other ones were like okay I appreciate this yes this is good like oh you're talking about that okay I get it this is very uh, depressed uh, depressed uh. Is that not like you know what I mean I, I get what you're saying and I remember I will follow you into the dark being that one song that all the girls went aww over they all loved it that and when soul meets body or soul meets body soul whatever meets that body. track is called I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I gotta be honest Adam when plans came out it kind of changed my feelings for the band I liked it at the time but it didn't have a lasting appeal for me and especially now in this day and age where there are quite a few albums that i return to again and again from artists that i enjoyed growing up this album is not one of them mm-hmm. from this band plans is definitely one of those kind of albums where it's like okay to your earlier point it was not only safe it was them trying to break it out into the mainstream further and usually i don't like that and i know that sounds very hipster i know somebody out there would be like well what do you what do you want them to not make money you want them to not make a living no it's just that anytime a band goes over to a major label and puts out a really more produced album something is lost mm-hmm. and that album is the very example of something like that what did you feel about the postal service Love the Postal Service. Okay, so I'm looking at like a timeline right now. So the Postal Service album, this is Ben Gibbard's side project with... Um, Which only did one album. Yeah, it's called Give Up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was him, and let's see here, side project between... T- and that's one of those kind of albums that even people who normally don't listen to electronic music like. Yeah. I remember I- when they did their tour, their... They actually had a show here in Orlando. It sold out instantly. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really good album. Oh, it is absolutely. Yeah. Um. So this album came out in February of two thousand three. Mm-hmm. So transatlanticism, trans There we go. Came out um in October of the same year, and then Plans came out. So I'm wondering maybe that's kind of you know the direction he was liking. And that's maybe why Plans kind of sounds like the way it does with a, you know, very heavy produced kind of thing. Maybe, you know, Transatlanticism was kind of like, okay, this is the last album I want to do of this kind. And now that I'm on a bigger label, maybe I want to try more of this kind of thing. So, For me, it, it's just that was the turning point for the band. And that's where they kind of just went downhill for me. Mm-hmm. Narrow Stairs, the f- album after that one, had some decent stuff on it. But again, nothing that was for me anyway, worth coming back to again and again. I feel like they explored all their kind of sounds that they wanted to already. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to like go from there, you know? It is. And now the band is at the point where, yes, they've proven everything they can. And regardless of what they're putting out now, they do have some albums that really can be considered classics out of the indie genre and they were a big influence on a lot of other people for a time. But for me, Adam, I think uh, 
and I think you and I are going to disagree on this. I think I'm really just done with this band. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't even mince words on this, buddy. I want to believe that this band still has a little bit of that magic within them. And there are hints of it mm-hmm. on this album. But overall, I was not a fan of this. Mm. How about you? <laughs> that, that was that was quite I don't know. a the, sigh. I mean, the first time I listened to it, I was like, okay, this is pretty good. I enjoyed it. And I think the more I listened to it, there's not much to come back to. I think that's the best way to put it. It's very... All the songs kind of sound the same mm-hmm. in some way. There's not really like a consistency of, I mean, there is consistency because it all sounds the same, but like, I don't know. It just feels like, almost has like a lazy approach to it. It just feels like it was, okay, let's just go in the studio and record some stuff that's kind of like plans and kind of like i feel like they've been kind of exploring the sound of like electronic and trying to get that in so i think this is the pinnacle of what they're trying to overall get sound wise but like i don't know i just feel bored a little bit by it and i'll tell you the one key thing that's missing from this is chris walla who for the first time, is not with the band on an album. Hmm. And his influence is undeniable in their earlier work. And him not being involved with his band really takes away something from them. You can really tell. Like, it's a big difference not having him there. Yeah. And quite honestly, I don't blame him for leaving. If this is the trajectory that the band was going in, I I really don't blame him at all. I feel like I really a lot. Don't. I feel like rock music today is just it's dying out slowly. When you look at who's at the top of the charts these days and who's you know more like rap is coming back, you know, kind of thing like R and B kind of sounds and styles. I feel like traditional rock music is like at this weird point where it's like okay, we need to start experimenting with the times, and they still haven't really figured out yet. And I think Death Cab hasn't found that really yet either. It's just a very overproduced album. Yeah, there's no like, there's heart to it, but there's not at the same time. There's no real passion. Yeah. And there's no real lyrics that grab you on this thing either. There are several tracks on here. Um, Your Hurricane and 60s and Punk. I like 60 and Punk. That's probably the best one at the album. But they're both about people who have self-destructive personalities in Ben Gibbard, lead singer's life, with lyrics that just are really just painfully obvious what they're about. Yeah, there's no subtlety None whatsoever. And it's all kind of just like, all right, once the first set of verses is done, you're just kind of like, okay, I get it. I get what you're going for. Yeah. And now I need to listen to another several minutes of you just basically saying the same thing. Mm. Like, it doesn't really ever have, like, a good story to it. And I feel like these are subjects that could make for good songs. But because they're so surface level, and I've used that term before, and this, this album's definition of surface level. There's nothing really beneath the surface. Like, what you see is what you get. But at least plans, which we just 
talked about earlier about like its negative aspects. At least that album had some catchy tunes to it. Yeah, I've, I never felt like they were trying to draw you in with this. It was very mellow. Very, very mellow. Very mellow. Very, use the word safe before. I would absolutely say it's safe. Yeah. And because it's so overproduced, I feel like th- that this is a song I would hear in Whole Foods or maybe in a chiropractor's office. It's a very much like a, you know, like a Toyota Camry yes. driving into the sunset kind of music. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now I get it. These guys are older. They've done a lot. You know, they're they're not going to be the same band that they were before. And I'm judging this album on its own. On its own, this is not really a strong album because there's just so many songs where Ben Gibber just sounds the same. Like his singing style, he just decided to kind of take a back seat mm. of without putting like really any real energy into it. I never really felt like he was really involved in the songs. Mm, okay. Do you disagree? Uh, I mean, he doesn't have much of a vocal range really to begin with. It's all about the mellowness of it. I think it's just the combination of everything else. It just stays very like plain. I just think he sings the same way. I think on they so need to tracks. I think they need to start writing something more exciting. Yeah, there's like, just no this variety. This is just like you're like, I listened to this album the first time when I was driving back from Daytona Beach, and I was just like, okay, this is good driving music. It's good to have in the background. It's noise, but there's no, like, there's nothing to it, really. There's nothing that drew me and said, wow, I'd, I'd come back and listen to this. It was like, okay, that was enjoyable for one listen, and, like, that was about it. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. I listened to this about a couple of times, and any interesting things that were there like, there's a sample from Yoko Ono's uh, 1971 song, Mind Train. Mm. Like, even that's not really used to good effect. It was just kind of like, I don't know, I feel like maybe the producer of the album was like, oh, I have something interesting that might work on this track. It doesn't really fit into the song, nor does it really add anything to it either. And quite honestly, if I didn't read up about that beforehand, I wouldn't have known that that was there. Yeah, I couldn't have told you that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's like okay, uh, sure, but that's just another ex- that song Gold Rush is just another example of music that's just so on the nose because it's all about him wishing that Seattle because I I think that's where they're based out of right Seattle Washington yeah it would stay the same it's becoming very popular very maybe you know gentrified and you know like it's very it's very different from what he once knew and i just feel like he's spelling it out so much that it's like okay after i listen to it i get the point Mm -hmm. like there's there's not really much to discover on repeat listenings yeah that i think that's the other thing too like it's a good i think we should just jump in our final thoughts here but um yeah and really quick we should go over our ratings again oh yes we should yeah so uh uh, starting at the bottom, then we up here. Uh, we have Trash It, which is Don't Even Bother. This album is Poo Poo. Then we have Leave It, which means maybe other than a song or two on there, this album is not worth checking out. Just just leave it off to the side. Then we have Stream It. Stream It is basically pretty straightforward. If you have Apple Music, Spotify, any of those streaming services, Check out the album there, but 
don't really spend any money on it because it's just going to be a very disposable album. Yep. Then we got download it, which is... AKA buy it. Buy it, download it on your devices, wherever you listen to music. Then we have own it, which is go and buy this album. And then our top rating, gotta have it, which is what are you doing? Buy this album now, you fool. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I would say this is a solid stream it album. Um, I think there are elements that are good in this album. It's just not very... I want something more. I want something new from them. Like I'm tired of this like mellow, dramatic, like acoustic sounding overproduced stuff. I think they need to start exploring a new sound. And I think there is possibilities, especially like what Ben Gibbard has done with the postal service. And I feel like death cab is missing that element of fun. Like at least with their old stuff, it used to be fun to listen to, you know, like, I don't have fun listening to this because it's just like din, 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 gold rush, din, 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 gold rush, din, din. you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I just need something more exciting. So yeah, I say this is a solid streamer for me. You're much nicer than I am. Oh wow! I am going to give this a leave it. Ooh. So just like the song Gold Rush, and just like Ben Gibbard had wished that Seattle had never changed, I wish Death Cab for Cutie had never changed. Because this direction that they continue to go in throughout their career is not one that fits them whatsoever. Any personality of this band that was once there is completely gone and left with an absolute shell and a really flat one at that. Hmm. And I feel like while there's maybe hints, little little elements, little little things here and there that remind me of Death Cab, it's still not enough. Hmm. This album just doesn't have anything to grab onto. It doesn't give you anything unique. It doesn't give you anything that you really can relate to. Or yeah, really like we feel. were kind of saving. It's a very safe Death Cab album. Very, very safe. Very, very safe. And I cannot stress enough how overproduced this is. And to your earlier point, you were talking about like rock music and the direction that's going. I really think it's because we get too many overproduced rock albums if this album was done without all the computers and all like making sure this is finely tuned and clean if there's a little bit of an edge a little bit of a roughness to it there is maybe would have been a better album that's what makes their first couple albums so great it's like it is polished yes but there's roughness and there's edges and there's an edge to it and as someone who comes from seattle (laughs) where there's been so much great music that's come out of that i feel like you should know this like everybody knows that kurt cobain's least favorite album is nevermind the one that was the most produced Mm -hmm. you can't put out an album with a song like gold rush and be this blissfully unaware of what you've become i don't have any desire to ever return to this yes it's not offensive it's not awful and there's even some points where i'm kind of like okay actually this is decent but for the most part this is just forgettable and it's really time to kind of branch off what you were saying for this band to get back to the basics so if chris walla is out of the picture get somebody else who can come in and be like look you're not gonna be what you once were before i understand that their fans understand that And that's fine, but you can't keep on going down this path. 
because you don't even sound like you're into it. Yeah. And you just sound like you're going through the motions. It's like, okay, guys, time to make another album. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, time to make the donuts. Yep. That's exactly what this is. It It's really, really time to feel invigorated again. And I hope, I really, really hope that happens again. But we'll see. You sure will. Yeah. So what, one other thing I, <laughs> I wanted to say, I think it's also kind of funny how our feelings about this album kind of turned out the same way that our characters that we were playing in the old open feel about them. <laughs> it really is just a guy with one guitar complaining about everything. Yeah. Like if, if ever there was a perfect sketch and album combination, it was what we did on today's show. Like perfect. But not so perfect is the next album we are going to be talking about. Oh, no. The latest album from Animal Collective called Tangerine Reef. Now, for those of you who don't know who Animal Collective are, they're an experimental band originating from Baltimore, Maryland. They started off in around 2003. They have four members, four primary members, that is. Avi Tear, Panda Bear, Deacon, and Geologist. That was a beautiful pronunciation, good sir. <laughs> Little does everybody know. It <laughs> took way too long for me to get that last one right. And they've got very much a kind of almost like freak noise vibe to them. They've got ambient elements. They've got psychedelia. psychedelia. Jeez, I cannot talk today. Psychedelic. Psychedelic elements. Thank you, sir. Dance elements. Very experimental kind yes. of sounds and styles. Very much so. Very much an acquired taste and a band, not for everybody, but they do have their diehard following, and they sure have put out some great music in the hipster scene. Sure have. You know, proto-hipsters like us enjoy Animal Collective. Love them. However, this album, not so much. Mm. Care to elaborate on that, buddy? Well, I think it's important to note that this album does not have Panda Bear on it. That is true. So, and it is also it was first performed live hmm. at a festival in Miami as a soundtrack to a film. So, it's a film oh. of the same name, Tangerine Reef. So, they decided to put out this album after the fact as kind of a way to increase awareness of coral reefs and, hmm. you know, because this year is International Year of the Reef. And they really wanted to contribute towards that effort. So a very well-meaning album, to be sure. Yeah, I think I think their heads are in the right direction. But, uh, wait, this one was a sleeper. <laughs> I Now that you tell me that it was supposed to be like a soundtrack to a movie, that makes a little more sense. It does. Um, I could see it like, you know, now it's about coral reefs, you know, kind of like these deep blue you know, filming in deep blue open water with the rocks and kind of the, no song on this album has a very danceable quality to it. It's very much just bleeps and bloobs kind of tied together with some ambient vocal styles from it. So if you're looking for like, you know, a danceable animal collective album, like they kind of have in their past or some like typical strong structure, you're not going to find that here. This is very much a, ambient kind of style and, and I, the album that you're referring to is probably the one album that you always show to people to start off with who are new to the band 
And that is Meriwether Post Pavilion. Yeah. Just such classic tracks as My Girls on it. Yes, all right. I'm right there with you, buddy. This is atmospheric yet aimless. Yeah. This really doesn't go anywhere most of the time, and you hit it right on the head. This is a very sleepy album. Unfortunately, this was a bit of a slog to get through. Yeah. It's never downright awful, but maybe seeing it in context of the film would be better, but as a standalone album... Yeah, this is not something I would put on to listen to actively unless i was like doing like homework or something or studying for something but even then there are much better albums you could choose yeah but you know most of the animal collective songs kind of start off like with trippy noises and then it kind of flows into a beat and then everyone kind of does their own respective thing this this album never makes it past that intro point if you will it's always just so you have to be in the very much right mindset for that kind of thing I would completely agree with that. I also agree that Panda Bear is really, really missing on this album. Not having him being involved in this album really takes away something from it. I I think he brought the cohesiveness of it to it. Yes. I mean, experimental is good, but you need someone like Panda Bear who can write semi-pop hits, you know, to say, hey, we should do something like in this direction. And, you know, this is very new for Animal Collective to do something like this, Mm -hmm. like, a movie soundtrack. I don't think they've done it in any other soundtracks. I don't think they have before, either. Right? Um, I know Song Sung Tong Sung Tongs. Yeah, which is one? more of a folky album. Yeah, experimental, like weird folk. Yeah, but like at least that's listenable and there you can get something out of it. But this one just feels like a bunch of noises kind of strung together with really no cohesive thought of how it could tie into an album as opposed to a movie. You know. And Amy Tear's lyrics on this album just they they're they're nothing. Yeah, they it's just. just it just compl- it complements the ambience of it. It does. But there's no real meaning behind it I ever felt like. No. And I, I felt like it was just basically gibberish. Sadly, I don't I couldn't tell you how any of the songs go. I I can't either. Yeah. And that's never a good sign. And they have one track about Jake and me. It's like I thought this was about coral reefs. Right. I don't care who this Jake is. And I could really care less about what you are doing with him. It's probably Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, uh, yeah. I- Maybe. Jake the dog from Adventure Time. <laughs> maybe. I, I could see that too. Now, maybe these things sounded better when they were live. I don't know. But... I could not watch this live. If they did this whole album live, unless they had some like insane trippy visuals behind them, which they probably did. Cause oh, I'm sure. I, I don't think you could sit through this live album and just go, okay, when's it going to start? Like I had a lot of that moment. Like It just never right. has any real peaks or really any highs to it. Yeah. It's just very, very weird there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a good album. Like yeah. it is it is such a background album. Yeah. Which like we said, it was but a soundtrack like, to a film, but right. great soundtracks not only complement a film, but they elevate it. Yeah. I don't see how this would elevate that kind of film. Yeah. Not not whatsoever. I, mean, I I could watch the movie when it comes out or whatever, and it could change my mind. But for now, this is just. I think we can jump into our uh, yeah. I final don't think there's that much more to say because I. Before you get into that, I just really think that ultimately this album is, you know, just doesn't offer a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Animal Collective wanted to make an experimental album with ambience and noise and style, but it just doesn't fit them very much Mm -hmm. you know i mean it fits them to an extent of okay here's some weird sounds and here's what we're gonna do but 
it just doesn't work very well because there's like no song structure to it. It just kind of bleeps and blurbs and vocal interludes per se. So as far as a rating for this, this is ugh, I hate I hate to do it, but like it's kind of a leave it for me. Well, buddy, sorry to be so negative, Aww. but I'm right there with you. This is yeah. also a leave it for me. I feel like if you do like ambient music, it's worth like a listen. But at the same time, you're there's probably other albums out there that accomplish what this album is trying to do. I would agree with that. For my final thoughts, I really think this album is just for the Animal Collective diehards. Yeah. And I don't know if there's one out there who's listening to it right now and is like, well, you guys don't get it. Fine. So be it. The thing is, these guys have come out with some really great material in the past. It's just very disappointing to hear something that just... It's a sleeper. Yeah, that's just such a slog of an album. And this is not the type of album that you show new fans or new potential listeners to uh, this album first. You know, you show them Meriwether Post Pavilion. Yeah. Maybe you show them Sung Tongs. But this is just almost kind of like a B-sides album. Yeah. And it's one of those kind of albums that you really don't play too much. And it's really just for those collectors that are just all about this band. Or if you need some good uh, I Need to Fall Asleep music. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a like, struggle. I feel like it's very relaxing in its tone, just very carefree and just. And there's a couple of points where I kind of get what they're going for, and that like. Yeah, but it never sounds about. like they're getting past it. Like it always no. just sounds like they're playing the intro and just never develops into anything. And that's the biggest problem. None of these songs develop into anything interesting, and the lyrics just don't add anything either. Mm-hmm. So I really think that. Panda Bear needed to be involved in this in order for it to be taken to the next level and being an album that's worth checking out. Bring back the panda. Bring back panda. Completely agree, buddy. Couldn't agree more. You know, I wasn't planning for this episode to be such a downer, but between the last uh, review and then this one, I'm really sorry, buddy. I feel like we need to talk about something really, really uplifting, you know? (sighs) Like uh, Nicki Minaj, right? Oh, That's gr- uplifting, right? Oh, uplifting, yeah? all right. No? No? Okay. <laughs> well, we're, go- we're going to talk about her anyway on the latest edition of News Flash. Ha! Beautiful. Yes, so beautiful. We get better and better at it every single time. It's the coffee. It just numbs my throat <laughs> so I can get those high notes. <laughs> So, Nicki Minaj has been in the news quite a bit recently after the release of her latest album. So, pretty much, her album landed on the number two spot on the billboards. And she latched out after that had happened that Travis Scott, who had released an album a week prior, whose album was number one back-to-back weeks, Mm. pretty much saying that this guy doesn't deserve to be number one because they're counting his tour merch sales as sales for his album. And she pretty much accused Spotify of not giving her the support of becoming number one. And, you know, she just went off about how Drake got all the special treatment. It went on and on and on. Now, why are we talking about this? Why is this important? Well, first off, (laughs) let's be honest. Boo-hoo. All right, so first of all, I didn't know the tour merch went to his album sales. Why, do you know why that's that is? That's what she's claiming. Uh, we, we don't know if that's official or not. But those so, are two separate transactions. Like, how do you 
sell a CD from a shirt and say it's the same thing. You just call it miscellaneous? I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's weird. And she continues to go off. I mean, it's not like Travis Scott is married to like a multi-billionaire or no. anything and can get his message out no. easier than Nicki Minaj, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just... She she continues to go on and on about this. She recently actually went on her Queen radio show on Apple Radio, pretty much just, you know, going off at him. All right. So first of all, she has an Apple radio show. Yes. Uh, exclusively on Apple. Yes. And she's yelling at Spotify for not promoting her enough to get her to number one. Yes. So that's that's my first sign right there. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. why would Spotify want to do that unless they were paying her more money than Apple was to do whatever she's doing? Also, she still was number two on the billboard. Like, that's still really impressive. Yeah. I know plenty of artists that would probably be pretty happy about that. And here you are complaining about mm. that, of all things. It's just, it's just adding to her narrative, I feel like. It's like, oh, I got to keep the momentum up for my album. Let me go on a, a rant here and just push myself out on be like, oh, it's not fair. I ain't getting number one. Oh, oh, oh. And the earlier my album. point that you made off mic was that this is just hyping up her album more, trying to sell it more. Yeah. And then her talking about it on a radio show, show more, which where she went completely off on him, only at the end of the segment to just be like, and, and I quote here, uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, you know what? I just had it. Sorry. Um, there we go. And I quote, having said that, none of this is some serious anger bleep. You can fill in the blanks there. Mm. No, we are in a time right now where black music is prospering. And I am one of the people who I am so excited to see rap where rap has come from and where we are. But right is right and wrong is wrong. End quote. So let me get this straight. You complain about him being number one and you being number two, like extensively, only to be like, yeah, but we should come together. This is all about us. Yeah, I, I get it. But at the same time, if you want a number one album, make a better album. Yes. <laughs> also, that too. That's my other yes. point. Like, exactly. Make better music if you want people to respect you and put you at that number one spot. I, I just think that this is out of control. I mean, I don't hate Nicki Minaj. I'm not trying to bash her or anything like that. I just think at the end of the day, you're complaining about something that really is just so see-through. Yeah. It's just to sell more records. It's just to drive up this false rap beef phenomenon. And really, in this day and age, nobody should be buying what you're saying. And if you are, you're either young, naive... Or you just really need that drama in your life. I just think that this is just so lame. Because to her point, yeah, you should be bringing up artists. That's absolutely what you should be doing, especially in this day and age. Yeah. And again, you were number two. That's still really good. Plus, who knows? Travis Scott's album could dip in sales at some point. She could take number one. Like, just just chill. Chill. Yeah. yeah. This th th this is pointless. And, and, and I guess the reason why I really brought it up is kind of just to kind of put things into perspective because a lot of people love to bite into this. They love to be a part of it. And it's like, if you're really going to be one of those people that follows her word, do what she says and continue to support lots of great black artists out there. And I'm not just talking about the ones on the radio either. Yeah. There's some really good alternative indie black artists out there. Janelle Monae, Moses Georgia Sunday. Smith, 
My friend Reggie and our Lamar. Yes. We can go on and on and on. Kalela. Kalela especially. George Smith. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned her earlier. Oh, my bad. No, it's all good. So nice. You got to mention her twice. Yeah. And and that's pretty much ultimately why I wanted to bring this up. If if the whole point of this is that, like, hey, support black artists, then actually do it. Yeah. Actually, like, use your platform. We have millions of followers to say, here are some great artists to check out that I recommend. And you should get, you should strive for them to be number two. But nope. Exactly. Yep. Yep, right there on the money. I think that's all we need to say about that. Case closed. Go date. Go have fun dating Eminem. <laughs> yeah, that's still, that's still a thing, right? Yes, I think. I, <laughs> what? I don't. I don't. I, don't, I mean, to, you know, good for you guys, but I. What? <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But especially since his last album was awful. Oof. Yeah. In much, much lighter news, J.J. Abrams, you know, director of Lost. Nostalgia, nostalgia. Star Wars, Force Awakens, all that good stuff, is launching a indie music label called Loud Robot. Ah. So this guy is getting into the record business, Mm. and I think it's both a good and bad thing. And I think you might know why it's a good thing. Well, it's a good thing, of course, because hopefully indie, like he said, hopefully indie artists truly get signed onto this label and get to promote. And, you know, J.J. Abrams has a pretty big platform as it is, and he's very popular. So hopefully this brings indie music to a new light. But, you know, at the same time, too, it's indie music is indie music for a reason. There's not much sometimes limited marketing supply or even just, you know, demand per se and you know less promotional things for it and kind of loses that appeal if it has that big budget value production towards it so i kind of envision jj abrams like kind of reaching out to some like probably bands he listens to and kind of just being like hey i'm starting a new record label i've got all this new gear and equipment and we're gonna take your sound to a whole new level sign with me yep you know i could see some really cool like ambient some stuff come out of that especially with his you know with his sci-fi background like i hope he makes like some cool like electronica something cool like that signs of some good artists like that i could see that doing really well yeah i think i think this is great for the indie artists who in the streaming day and age you know do need to make some money off their album sales yeah he'll easily give you money (laughs) yes exactly and i think the his label being kind of a I don't know if refuge is the right word, but being a great um, direction to go as opposed to signing with Columbia, Warner Brothers, whoever else, you know, be really great for the bands that we like and enjoy to listen to, you know, because now it's streaming. It's just kind of changed everything. And I feel like artists, you know, like we've discussed before, they still don't make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is a good destination for them to go. And hopefully it means that someone like J.J. Abrams, who appreciates indie music, will want them to still keep their sound yeah, without expecting them to conform to a bigger mainstream audience. I imagine, too, he'll probably start his own like streaming platform, mm-hmm. similar to like Tidal. It. I could see it. That's possible. And just putting all... I'm sure he'll get like some big artist on there to kind of draw you into that yeah. make like a streaming service and then once that takes off and does well and it's like okay now we're gonna sign some of these 
other bands that you haven't heard of before or maybe you have heard of, but now they have a bigger platform. So the reason why I think it's a bad thing is to kind of go off what you were saying earlier. Indie music at one point referred to music that was done on an independent label. It was lo-fi. It was, you know, very, very small production values, what have you. Now it's, and this isn't recent, granted, I guess maybe this really started maybe the 2000s. Indie music then started being synonymous with softer guitars uh, or, you know, just music that just isn't on the radio. It's not poppy enough to be on the radio, but it's not like underground, you know, nobody's heard about these guys type of thing. Like I indie- think there's a, there's a look and style to indie and a lot yep. of people who are in that genre have a certain look and feel to them and it's, you know putting my soul out there so getting out my acoustic guitar and playing my soul man exactly so yeah. like you, that's where that kind of connotation i think comes from agreed agreed and i just hope that it's like not one of those things that kind of decreases the value of indie music further yeah so i mean i also just think too that you may be a fan of indie music I may want to support that and all that's good and all, but I also just don't know if he really is qualified to run a label. Um, You know, I'm sure there's different and same parallels between directing a movie and directing an album, you know, as far as... But is he going to be involved in directing albums? I'm sure he would be at some point. I'm sure he would, or if he's not, he's going to hire his sound engineer from like, you know, Star Wars even or... I'm sure he has friends in the business that know what they're doing and know how to yeah. mix and produce and do all that. So I'm sure he's going to hire the right people. It's just the question of what kind of artists that he envisions and to get on. Cause you know, you hear loud robot and it's like, okay, I don't think he's going to sign necessarily a pop artist to it. Yeah. You know? Like, so. Yeah. I, I, I just hope it works out well. Yeah. Because we'll, we'll another, see what happens. Another strong indie label. It's never a bad thing for me, especially it gives a chance for more great music for us to listen to yeah. and that we eventually cover on the show. And hopefully not trash like our last two albums. Oh, I know, I know. Oh. Sorry, folks. Really didn't mean to be That's all good. Hey, these, hey but... it's, it's a discussion. It's a talk. It's why we do this. Yes, yes. I don't think, I don't think I've ever given back-to-back albums a leave it before. I think that's a first for this show. Mm. But... At least we get to end today's episode on a high note with Final Grounds. Oh, man. Oi. <laughs> we'll work on that one, too. Oi, indeed. Oi, indeed. Hey, it's, it's all it's all out of good fun, though, right? Oh, of course. All right. <laughs> good, good, good fun. All right. So for my first album that I want to bring up, this one actually is an old one. Very, very old one, but it's the first time I heard it, and I really, really wanted to mention it on the show because, damn, is it good. It is so, so good. Mm. It is an album from the Max Roach Trio featuring the legendary Hassan. So this is a record from Vinyl Me Please. They had a exclusive pressing made for this album. You can listen to it on streaming devices. And... I was blown away listening to it. The name of Legendary Hassan really lives up to it Hmm. because, you know, this is an interesting jazz album. It's kind of like that 
bebop era point. Max Roach is a great drummer. He's done stuff with Duke Ellington before in the past. Highly recommend checking out the album Money Jungle that he did with him. And even though Hassan only has one album that's ever been released, and apparently there's some other recordings that have been found, just haven't been released to the public yet. But this is only proper release, and it is a doozy of an album. He plays on a out-of-tune piano and just kills that thing. This is just one of those guys who just, within jazz circles of that time, was just killing it, was considered one of the best. His material just was never really made public. And if you can get this pressing from Vinyl Please, I highly recommend it. They did a good job on it. But either way, I think if you're a jazz fan, this is a must for checking out. Sweet. Um, I want to recommend the new OC's album called Smote Reverser. Ooh. Yeah, it's really good. It's very proggy mm. in its style. It's got like this giant like alien beast thing on the cover, like demolishing a city with fire. Um, there's even one song that's like eight minutes long, kind of instrumental. And yeah, if you're like experimental, proggish, fast-paced kind of stuff, I definitely recommend it. Sweet. Sweet. Really like their earlier stuff. You actually got me into them. Yeah. They're they're a really good band. We might have to cover that on the show. We might. We just, just might. So for me, my next album that I wanted to talk about is an album, newest new album actually, this time around, from Odetta Hartman. And the album is called Old Rock Hounds Never Die. This is like some kind of alt-folk like very experimental album and it has just been very very fascinating to listen to this really just kind of snuck up on me and i can't stop listening to it Hmm. she's just such a unique singer you've got songs on there that are just like some of them are just like a minute long she just talks about like these really random things even stuff like sweet tea on there and it just works somehow it works it's catchy and it's super enjoyable and it's just one of those kind of nice little hidden gems that i found cool um i want to recommend the new kurt vile song it's called loading zones it's very chill typical acoustic uh, kurt vile kind of style um very folky if you like that kind of stuff kind of like neil youngish vibe you know a little twang to it so it's good kurt vile nice very very nice well, for my final one, I actually wanted to talk about some ambient folk. And I know there's two things that are typically not together, but this is a really interesting album, and I think it's an album that you would like as well. I'm ready to write it down. Connor Youngblood, and the name of the album is Cheyenne. This is one of those kind of albums that I feel like I could very much listen to overlooking some mountains. Hmm. Like, it's one of those. One of the, okay, yeah. Yeah. Like, it is just such a unique album to listen to because he melds two genres together that typically aren't melded together, and it works really, really well. There's an uh, there's a track on here called Lemonade that I really quite enjoy that's just about, like, I don't need to be successful. I just want to be stable. So you've got really an artist that, like, you can really identify with what he's saying. It's very down-to-earth. And I think that this is one of those kind of albums that really deserves more attention than it's getting. So 
that's why I'm bringing it up. Cool. Anything else? Are you good? I I am good. I mean, there the, there's always more, but we could we could be here forever. And I'm running down on coffee. Me too. Sadly. So, um, before we wrap everything up, I want to give a special shout out to our good friends JP's Classy Cold Brew. Yeah. Because they are now selling their cold brew at Taco China. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. Really, really happy for those guys. Whoop, whoop. Couldn't have happened to a nicer bunch of guys. Really, really great cold brew there. I'm hoping this is just the beginning of even bigger things to happen for them. If you have not checked out Taco China, absolutely go there. It's a place we've gone to several times. Mm-hmm. We really enjoy it. And I think we might have to go there this Sunday because we're going to do a little vinyl stuff on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, get some cold brew, yeah. some coffee, some yeah. tacos. Yeah, to celebrate my birthday a little bit ahead of time. Aww. So yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, happy almost birthday. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, I'm going to be 32. 32. I can't, can't believe that. I feel like I'm still 20-something. Dang. Yeah. Well, at least at least my mentality is still twenty something. Yes, you know it always should be. Strive oh, for it. Or if you ask my wife, my mentality is still that of a twelve year old. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, love you, honey. <laughs> good save, good save. She doesn't listen to us, and and if, and it, and Aww. It, I mean, like you know, not that she doesn't want to, but maybe she will. You know what? I'm gonna tell her to listen to us when I see her later. Today. Yeah. Happy birthday. Listen to my podcast. <laughs> the best birthday gift you can give me <laughs> is, is, is your like... ears. <laughs> uh, good stuff. And maybe man. a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Wink. Uh, thanks, buddy. Thank you for looking out for me. I, I appreciate you. it. I got you. Well, hopefully next week will be a little bit better from a review perspective. Sorry. Hope this wasn't a downer for those listening in. But let us know what you think of these albums. Yeah, did you enjoy them? Did you like them? Did you hate them? Is there an album that we're not covering that we've totally been missing for weeks on end? Yeah, is there something you want us to talk about? You can tweet at us. We're at G4D underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We have a, a email, which is G4D podcast at gmail.com. Or do you have some album recommendations for newer, like we're talking about like, you know, 90s on of albums that you think are classics that we should check out. Yeah, for our French Press Classics series. French Press Classics. That's the name we settled on. Yeah, we got to talk about the next edition we're going to do. That was fun, buddy. Yeah, I got to figure that out. We should do, like, Survivor style and, like, put them in envelopes and, like, rip it open. It's like, you want me to review this one? That'd be kind of fun. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cute. That'd little, be cute. Little on-air Instagram something, maybe. And then afterwards, I'll give you a rose. Aw. No, I no. will accept this rose. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> good, good stuff, buddy. Hey, thank you for the coffee. Anytime, Thank you for sir. the good discussions. This has been another fun episode. I'm John. He's I'm Adam. Adam. And we're signing off. This has been Ground for Discussion. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of G4D, Grounds for Discussion with Adam and John. Stay up to date on future episodes and all our caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4DPodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes 
And John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.